Will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you've joined us on the program today. As we are so close, so close to the finish line in the 2020 election. Uh, Coming up on tomorrow's program, we're going to be taking a look at some of the ballot issues uh, that are going to be before voters around the country dealing with the Second Amendment. This is the first year, according to uh, Michael Bloomberg's anti-gun newsroom, The Trace, this is the first year since, I believe, 2014 that there will not be any gun control initiatives on ballots around the country, but instead we have a number of pro-Second Amendment uh, ballot resolutions and ballot initiatives that uh, voters will be uh, voting on in places like Oregon and Montana. So we'll be talking about that uh, on tomorrow's program. But uh, during today's show, I-, I thought we'd take a closer look at a couple of races. First of all, I would be absolutely and utterly shocked if we know the outcome of the presidential election on Tuesday night. I think it is likely to be several days before we uh, have any real idea of who the winner is going to be, and it's very likely that they're going to be court challenges. I mean, it could be a while before we know the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Having said that, I I think that there are a few races around the country that you can look at as the, uh, the numbers start to come in, and you can get a sense of where the election is going to go uh, overall, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to predict a, a uh, an eventual winner of the presidential election, but you can look at some of these races and think, okay, gun owners are outperforming where we did in the 2018. Uh, we're underperforming. You can you can get a better idea, and I will tell you right up front, for your mental health, be prepared for both outcomes. Be prepared for a good night or let's say a good election, because we're probably not going to know every result in election night, be prepared for a a, a good outcome, and also prepare yourself for the possibility that uh, Democrats are going to take back the White House and the Senate and control the House, and uh, gun owners are going to be playing defense, uh, because both of those are very real possibilities. But as the numbers start to come in on Tuesday night, um, I've picked out a couple of races that I, I think are indicative of they, – they, they might tell you a couple of things about how the, uh, the overall uh, elections are going to go. And I've picked three East Coast races because that's when the polls close the earliest. These are the results that we're going to start learning about the soonest. There are plenty of races out there that are going to be, I think, very competitive. Uh, that uh, gun owners should be paying very close attention to. Colorado's 3rd Congressional District, for instance, wrote about this at Bearing Arms earlier today, Lauren Boebert, uh, taking on Diane Mitch Bush uh, in a race that, on paper anyway, should be a pretty easy victory for Lauren Boebert. Colorado's 3rd Congressional District is basically the western third of the state and a little bit of the uh, central area, a part of Pueblo, Colorado, is included in the 3rd District. This is a conservative district. It was uh, represented by uh, Scott Tipton, Colorado Republican, for 10 years before Lauren Boebert defeated Tipton in the primary uh, earlier this year. Diane Mitch Bush, former lawmaker, uh, state legislator there in Colorado, 
has not been, I mean, she's been running a very Biden-esque campaign of hiding out in her basement. Uh, and uh, the press has been going after Lauren Boebert, who is the owner of the Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado. Yes, the restaurant where all of the wait staff are openly carrying. Uh, and they've gone after Lauren Boebert, trying to accuse her of being a QAnon supporter, trying to accuse her of being a gun extremist. Um, they've done everything that they could uh, to try to make this race competitive. And Diane Mitch Bush may do a couple points better than uh, what the Democrat did back in 2018. I, I don't know, but uh, this is going to be, uh, again, one of those important races. But given the fact that it's in Colorado uh, and it, that's mountain time, we're, uh, yes, pay very close attention to that race. But by the time the numbers start coming in, in Colorado's third congressional district, we're probably going to have a much better idea of what's going on uh, thanks to some of the, uh, the East Coast results. So I, I've picked three East Coast races, house races, all of them that uh, you can pay attention to tomorrow night and it'll either maybe make you feel a little bit better or maybe make you feel a little bit worse about uh, where we are headed. So uh, without any further ado, here are the three uh, districts. The first one is New York's 21st Congressional District. This is uh, a seat currently held by Republicans. Elise Stefanik is the uh, Republican member of Congress, the youngest member of Congress, I believe, uh, and a uh, representative who won in 2018. Uh, for the very first time, she is squaring off against her 2018 challenger. So this is a rematch of two years ago, at least Stefanik taking on Tedra Cobb. Now, in 2018, gun control was one of the big issues in this district because Tedra Cobb was caught on tape uh, telling young supporters that she backed a so-called assault weapons ban, but she couldn't say anything publicly because she didn't want to lose votes. Yeah. Well, she lost votes and she lost the election, but she got the Democratic nomination once again in 2020. In uh, 2018, Elise Stefanik won this uh, with about 54% of the vote. There has not been a lot of polling done in New York's 21, uh, but the one poll that we have seen, and this was a couple weeks ago, had Elise Stefanik up by 10 points, 50% to Tedra Cobb's 40%. So I don't think that uh, Elise Stefanik is in any danger of losing. But keep an eye on these numbers as they start to come in, and it'll give you, I think, a, a good idea of the shy Trump phenomena versus uh, the ability of Biden to get voters who may not have cast a vote in 2016, uh, as well as, I mean, I confess, I don't know anybody in person, uh, but those 2016 Trump supporters who've now switched and are voting for Joe Biden in 2020. Again, the polling suggests that Elise Stefanik is still going to win this running away, polling a little bit closer than the margin of victory in 2018 for Elise Stefanik. But um, again, the polls very well could be underestimating uh, some of the uh, Trump vote out there. So keep an eye on that one. That was a race, again, that uh, Stefanik won by about 12 points. In uh, 2018, take a look at her margin as the numbers come in on uh, Tuesday night, and uh, you'll, I think, be able to get a sense of how Donald Trump is performing uh, in uh, more rural districts where he needs to uh, get a lot of the vote to offset the uh, big metropolitan areas. Uh, and again, not necessarily in New York State, because Biden's going to win New York State just on New York City alone. But around the country, in other battleground states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, 
if Donald Trump is outperforming or or matching his 2016 totals uh, in some of these rural districts, I think the president's going to be in pretty good shape uh, as the uh, returns start coming in. The second district that we're going to take a look at is uh, right here in Virginia, where I live. Uh, this is not my congressional district. I'm in the 5th Congressional District, which is also one to kind of keep an eye on. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the 7th Congressional District, uh, once again, features a first-time congresswoman. Uh, only this time, it's a Democrat. Abigail Spanberger narrowly won election in this blue wave in 2018, defeating Dave Bratt in Virginia's 7th Congressional District. Uh, this is being called one of the nation's closest races this year as Abigail Spanberger is uh, squaring off against Nick Freitas, a, a delegate in the state of Virginia. Uh, that's that's our version of a state representative and a staunch pro-Second Amendment advocate. Now, Spanberger back in 2018 had a lot of help from every town for gun safety. They ran a lot of outside ads talking about Abigail Spanberger's common sense gun safety record. Since then, we have seen uh, Democrats in Virginia pass a half dozen gun control measures. We've seen what close to 50,000 gun owners show up at the state capitol in Virginia for the uh, gun owners lobby day. Uh, we've seen a number of these gun control uh, ordinances already challenged in court uh, with some success, it should be noted. I think gun owners are wide awake in the state of Virginia. I don't know that it's going to be enough to propel Donald Trump uh, to victory in Virginia. This is a state that Hillary Clinton won by about five points in 2016. Uh, but I think that the gun vote has the potential to upend several House races in the state of Virginia. And Virginia's 7th District is one of them, again, where Nick Freitas is squaring off against Abigail Spanberger. Now, I mentioned as well uh, Virginia's 5th Congressional District. This is an interesting one. And you can keep an eye on this as well, although, honestly, I'm, there, there, are, there are some local issues at play here in the 5th Congressional District that I think may make this race um, a little unique, and I don't know how reflective it will be of the national campaign. So 5th Congressional District, uh, right now the congressman is Denver Riggleman, a Republican, who was ousted uh, in a convention. We didn't have a primary in this district. We had a convention. So anybody who wanted to vote, you had to be a delegate to the convention. And there was one polling place for the entire congressional district. And uh, Denver Riggleman was uh, ousted in favor of Bob Good. Um, and this was not having anything to do with, with the Second Amendment. Uh, this was primarily social conservatives angry and upset at Denver Riggleman uh, for officiating a same-sex marriage uh, involving a couple of his friends. That was a big issue in the district. Uh, there was also some concern among conservatives that Riggleman was a little squishy on uh, immigration issues. So they ousted Riggleman uh, in the convention, replaced him with Bob Good. Uh, the Democrat who's running, a guy named Cameron Webb, he is a doctor, he is an attorney, really super bright guy, uh, running very much as a moderate. In fact, uh, he is out there, you know, touting his pro-gun credentials and I shoot guns and you don't have anything to worry about. Again, this is a guy who's been endorsed by every town for gun safety. This is a guy who will vote with Nancy Pelosi uh, in favor of every gun control bill that comes up in the House if he's elected. But he's not running on a gun control issue. Uh, he's not he's not running as a uh, as a supporter of gun control. Every now and then again, you'll you'll hear an oblique reference to common sense gun safety legislation. But Cameron Webb uh, is not running 
as a guy who's embraced Joe Biden's gun ban, for example. I don't think Cameron Webb has even talked about Joe Biden's gun ban. Abigail Spanberger in the 7th Congressional District, same thing, running away from the issue. But I think gun owners are still very much aware and still very much awake uh, to the threat posed by a unified uh, Democratic Congress. So keep your eye on uh, at least the 7th Congressional District in the state of Virginia, because I think that one, too, has the potential to uh, tell us a little bit about where uh, the elections are uh, are going to be heading. Uh, the third and final race that I think you should uh, keep an eye on tomorrow night in the early going hours of the election returns is uh, North Carolina's 11th Congressional District. This is an open seat. Mark Meadows, uh, now President Trump's chief of staff. Uh, this is his old district. Madison Cawthorn is the Republican that's running. Mo Davis is the Democrat that's running. Now, here's what's interesting. Again, haven't been a lot of polls in this race. A couple of polls over the uh, last month showing that uh, Mo Davis has a narrow lead uh, right at or just outside the margin of error. You can see a poll in uh, early October had uh, Mo Davis up by four points, 46 to 42 percent over Madison Cawthorn. A, a poll, oh gosh, now about uh, a little bit more than two weeks old, had uh, Davis up by three, uh, 45 percent to Madison Cawthorn's 42 percent. What's fascinating about this is this is, on paper, a strongly Republican district, like R plus 25. So this should be an easy win for Madison Cawthorn. The polls have not shown that. This is one of those districts where the polling's kind of wonky to me uh, because Madison Cawthorn should be running away with it. Uh, but the polls show Mo Davis with a small lead in a district that is Republican dominant. So if you're a little worried about the polling that you've seen nationwide, or you're just you're just confused by it, uh, this again is one to keep an eye on. Let me let me let me flash this up one more time here. All right. So uh, again, you look at the sample size. 400 likely voters, not a huge sample size, um, but it's enough. I mean, that's, that's you know, it, it's, it's not an absurdly small sample either. So I'm very curious to see what these numbers actually start to look like. Uh, if the results start to come in and it looks like the polling was pretty accurate in this race, it could be a long night for Republicans. It really could. But I have a suspicion that the uh, polling in North Carolina's 11th Congressional District is off, that they're, they're missing some things. Um, anytime, look, anytime you've got an open seat, which is what this is, you know, Madison Cawthorn does not have the advantage of incumbency, even if he is a Republican in a Republican-dominant district. So that'd make the race a little bit closer. But I'm just not seeing how an R-plus-25 district all of a sudden flips with a Democrat winning by, you know, even her three or four percentage points. That seems outside of the margin of plausibility to me. So as you start to see these numbers come in from uh, NC11 tomorrow night, look and see how closely they're matching the uh, a couple of pre-election polls that we've seen. If Madison Cawthorn uh, is, you know, winning by four points, well, that'd be a lot closer than Mark Meadows usually won this district by. But it would also be uh, eight points off of where the polls suggested Madison Cawthorn should be. 
Uh, and I think that uh, NC11 could give us maybe our first clue uh, as to how uh, detached from reality a lot of the polling that we've seen over the past couple of months might be. So there you go. Three races to keep an eye on. We're going to talk again about more of the uh, issues and uh, some of the ballot races or the ballot initiatives that are uh, going to be before voters tomorrow on the next edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Most important thing, though, as I said, prep yourself for uh, for either result, a good result on election night or a bad election night, because I think both are possible. And uh, honestly, even if Donald Trump wins the White House, that'd be a fantastic thing for gun owners and Second Amendment supporters. But we know that the issue is not going to go away. Gun control advocates are going to turn their attention to state-level gun laws. They're going to try to uh, use the courts to undo uh, protections for our right to keep and bear arms. The fight will continue one way or the other, no matter how the elections turn out. So we got to make sure that we're engaged, that we're involved, and that we vote. Because that, I think, is the best defense against uh, an anti-gun agenda, the likes of which, frankly, just we've we've never seen before in terms of uh, presidential politics and the uh, the amount of gun control that would be coming if uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris win in the aftermath of Election Day, uh, again, would be something absolutely historic, not in a good way, but absolutely historic uh, in American politics. We're going to be talking about that in the days ahead as well. Right now, let's turn our attention, though, to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. Our recidivist report as well. We're going to start there with a story out of Columbus, Ohio. Another swing state, by the way, where uh, Joe Biden is uh, campaigning today. Uh, In this particular case, uh, out of Columbus, suspect in a uh, fatal shooting, as it turns out, not only known to the victim, but known to law enforcement as well. The uh, Columbus Dispatch reports a 26-year-old man fatally shot Friday morning after a car backing out of a driveway collided with a pickup truck uh, there in a neighborhood, 26-year-old Brandon Williams was inside a car that backed out of a driveway, collided with a moving pickup truck on Colton Road. Uh, it was not immediately known if uh, Williams was driving or if he was a passenger in the vehicle, but Williams and the driver of the pickup truck, Robert Muncy, 44 years of age, got out, started jawing. Turns out Muncy is the ex-boyfriend of Brandon Williams' mom. And eventually, Muncy pulled out a gun and fired shots, striking and killing Brandon Williams. Police said Muncie fled on foot. He was caught by police a short time later behind Buckeye Middle School in Columbus, which is about a block from his home. Uh, Muncie, taken to a local hospital, after reportedly complaining of shortness of breath after uh, running from the scene of the shooting, he was uh, later cleared medically and immediately arrested by police on a murder charge. According to the Columbus Dispatch, Muncie pleaded guilty back in April of this year to domestic violence in connection with an incident on March the 8th. A charge of assault also filed in the March incident and pending charges of domestic violence and assault from another incident in October of 2019 were dismissed under a plea agreement. Yeah. So Mr. Muncie could have done some jail time. Didn't. Just copped a plea. Lesser charge. Walked away. Judge Ted Barrow sentenced Muncie to 180 days in jail and then immediately suspended that sentence. Yep. He's placed on probation until 2022. He was uh, also a suspect in another domestic violence case back in July. A warrant for his arrest on domestic violence and assault was issued, but uh, that case uh, case was, uh, quote, marked closed in court records. Don't know why. 
But again, multiple opportunities, multiple opportunities to put this guy behind bars this year. The criminal justice system did nothing about it. And now this man stands accused of murdering his ex-girlfriend's son. And he is today's recidivist report. Our armed citizen story of the day, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, where an off-duty police officer in the right place at the right time, able to stop an armed robbery suspect at a 7-Eleven, Fox 2 in uh, Detroit, with the story uh, just before 4 p.m. on Friday. Male suspect entered the 7-Eleven near Inkster, Michigan, aiming for an armed robbery. Off-duty police officer had words with him before an exchange of shots, according to the Michigan State Police. The officer, not injured, suspect was wounded, transported to a nearby hospital, last report in critical condition. Again, the uh, officer is okay, not facing any charges because it is believed that he was acting in uh, self-defense in defense of others. We'll give you any more updates as they become available. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day from Huntington Beach, California, where a, a boater in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to save a family after their boat exploded. Yeah, there were six people on board this boat on Sunday afternoon, three adults, two children suffering uh, burn injuries. One person managed to escape unharmed. Happened just before 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, Trent McWinney was nearby. He said uh, it sounded like a bomb that went off. He said it, uh, the first thing I did was grab the fire extinguisher. He said, I got my inflatable, and I ran to the boat. He said, I don't care about the boat. I care about the people in the boat. He was able to uh, pick up uh, these uh, boaters from the water, uh, who then uh, took them to a local fire station. McGuinney said it appears the boat's gas vapors had exploded. Uh, the investigation still continues, but uh, Trent McWinney, in the right place, at the right time, wasn't able to do the right thing, and, and likely saving uh, folks from serious harm and possibly even death if they had not been able to get to the hospital as quickly as they were able to because of his actions. And so uh, Trent McGuinney there in Huntington Beach, California, we thank you, sir, for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Thank you for joining me on the program today. Again, we'll have a, another a look at the elections coming up on tomorrow's program. And then, of course, a Wednesday, we'll be talking as much as we can about the, uh, the aftermath uh, of the election and what it means for our right to keep and bear arms. So make sure that uh, you are tuning in all week long here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. You can also subscribe to Barry and Arms Cam and Company on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the big ones. Some of the small ones, too. You can probably find us there as well. In the meantime, hope you enjoy your Monday. If you have not already voted, well, I guess now we're kind of in that window, right? Early voting may have stopped in a lot of states. Regular voting is yet to begin. If you have not yet voted, make your plans for tomorrow. I want to see pictures of the I Voted stickers. I'll be wearing mine. And we'll see you tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. In the meantime, be well, be safe, be free. We'll see you back here soon. <laughs>